Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody listening to the Independent Corner. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, with my new lovely co-host, Sarah Holmes. How are you doing, Sarah? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. And we've got a special guest on the line. We've got Andy Pickman uh, on the line. Uh, how are you doing, Andy? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be on the show. No problem. No problem. So, um... Uh, first of all, we, we got to ask, um, how did you get started in this business doing the films that you do? Um, you know, I, I moved out from Texas. Uh, I, I always, you know, loved the idea of film and television and theater. It was always my dream, and especially my dream to direct. And I think that I just, you know, I, I sort of <laughs> stuck with it. was directing a lot of theater, and I think my first job in Hollywood, I was a tour guide at Universal Studios. So I can relate it all back to being a tour guide at Universal Studios. Awesome. Uh, Sarah, did you have any questions right now for him? No, I was going to ask you, like, in general, because um, <clears throat> I know you've been a part of, like, the director world and also the producer world. Do you prefer directing or producing? What, Like, what is more, like, in your realm? Um, I, I mean, creatively, I always prefer directing. I write a lot um, and produce, and a lot of times, a lot of the things I end up directing, I produce. Um, I think for me, having a sort of a broad vision for the piece uh, is really what I love to do, and, and the opportunity to work with actors and writers and producers and designers and see a project through from start to finish. And certainly producing, you do the same thing when you're producing, um, the the biggest difference is just, I think, creatively, uh, it's really about your vision as a director, especially in features, uh, whereas in television it's more, you know, the writer-producer's idea. But in features, it's, uh, the, the director certainly has a strong vision and hopefully has a, a great relationship with the writer and the producer to help bring that vision to life. Awesome. Um, my my awesome. question to kind of go along with that one is, um, since Who's Your Daddy was your first feature film, and yeah. as far as I can tell, it's the only feature that you've written, um, uh, tell us, like, do you prefer directing over writing? Like, um, um, Well, I've written actually a couple of features, um, some that are in development at other studios, and I actually was a writer on uh, Race to Witch Mountain as well. Um but um, I love, you know, I love the writing process, and uh, but I tend to also, when I'm filming, I think every project I've ever done, I tend to sort of, you know, you work with the actors and the writers on the set, and a lot of times, once you get maybe what was initially on the page, you start improving a lot, or you start coming up with alternate lines, and I think that's probably some of the most fun that I have is when we're in the middle of filming and we maybe had one line, but by the time we were we were done that day, you know, we'd taken that scene and created 20, 30 alternate lines, and you get in the editing room, and then you can play around and see which one of those lines, maybe what's the funniest, maybe something unexpected that you didn't really uh, count on at the time. So uh, I, I definitely love the writing process, um, uh, but I love to see it how it grows when you're actually on the set. Amazing. Um, also, uh, I saw that you were a production executive. Um, I've never heard of that title before. I like looked it up or whatever. Um, can you tell us exactly what, what what you do as that title? Yeah, when you were you know working at you know if whether you're working at a studio or a network or 
uh, for me, it was at uh, various production companies. One was a production company that was uh, run uh, owned by uh, Gene Wilder, the wonderful actor from Willy Wonka and Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Uh, and that was a company called Palmel Productions. Another company was uh, the amazing Bette Midler's company, All Girl Productions, and uh, you know everything from Hocus Pocus to uh, uh, um, Ruthless People and uh, Big Business, tons of movies. And then a, a company called Middle Fork, where we uh, we ended up doing Anaconda, the Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson. Ice Cube, John Voight movie, and a lot of times, even though I was a producer on Anaconda, a lot of times as a production exec, when you see, go to a movie and you see the name of a production company, you know, in those opening credits, those executives are all the people there who sort of work tirelessly long before a director comes on board, long before producers, you know, or sometimes there's other production company, but, you know, sometimes even before a writer comes on board, maybe that production company came up with the idea or they're the ones who read the first script when the script went out from the agents or the managers, they read that spec script and they're the ones, the production executives were the ones or development executives who convinced their boss to buy the material. And so as an executive, you know, you can spend years developing material and then once the director and everybody comes on board, it, it hopefully will move fairly quickly. And a lot of times those executives, for the most part, never get recognized. It's usually the recognition comes from the name of the production company. Or obviously if you see a studio film, you know, if you went to see Fast Five this week with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, you you know you know that it came from uh, from Universal Pictures, but you don't see the name of all those executives at Universal who work just as hard uh, as the producers and a lot of people whose names get up on the screen. So it's one of the real sort of unsung jobs in Hollywood, but uh, I love doing it, and it and I think it taught me a lot as a director because it really taught me from the beginning of the process to the end of the process. A lot of times as a director, I come in, I don't realize until I'm told that maybe a project's been in development for two or three or five years, I've missed all of that. So if you're a production executive, usually you're there from day one, and hopefully you're there all the way to the end. Amazing. Uh, I, wow, I didn't, I didn't even know that. So that's really cool. I think a lot of times you'll see producers who, uh, wonderful producers who um, also started in the production ranks or development ranks, and they've sort of worked their way up the ladder. Um, but it's a it's a great training ground, and some of the smartest people I've ever had the chance to work with have actually come from that world. Uh, amazing. Like What I wanted to segue into is also it, it says that you've associate produced um, uh, Anaconda, uh-huh. Um, which is which is a personal like um, kind of uh, like it's a favorite of mine, you know, in a way. Oh, like, well, I love thank you. Movie, you know, and um, so what? Uh, like, how did that happen? Did you go from being the production executive kind yeah. of thing to yeah, that doing was, associate that was a producing? great example of of kind of production exec. Uh, we were at the company, and at that time, Middle Fork was called Cinema Line Films, and uh, uh, formerly the agency uh, William Morris. Uh, uh, which is now merged with Endeavor. Um, but William Morse, an agent at William Morse, uh, slipped me the script to Anaconda on a Friday uh, night. They were going to go out with the material to the whole town on Monday, and I read it immediately and kind of thought this was Jaws with a giant snake and uh, gave it to my bosses. And over the weekend, uh, in conjunction with Columbia Pictures, we all sort of bought it. So we took it off the market 
And then immediately I began the process of working with a series of writers, actually, um, to bring the movie, to kind of find the best version of that movie. And it was really tricky. A lot of people, you know, at that time, no one had ever made a giant snake before. And if you can imagine, there was, it, it actually, from a, Walt Conti, who was sort of the genius behind uh, building the wells for Free Willy and a lot of different things, he um, he was really the kind of, you know, the genius behind that. It was animatronic. So at that point, I think CGI was like 100,000 a second. I mean, it was unheard of. And uh, Sony Imageworks uh, was one of their earlier projects. So today you could do a movie like that, and they've done sequels after that with a lot of CGI. Um, but at that time, it was really animatronic, and I think we had more moving parts than some of the dinosaurs that they had in uh, Jurassic Park. Um, so it was a it was a huge undertaking, and we were you know we filmed in Brazil, uh, we filmed uh, on the Amazon uh, out of a out of a, a town called Manaus, and so you know we had uh, an incredible amount of challenges and a, a wonderful director Lucho Yosa who had done the Sniper and a specialist. Uh, and just so, you know, we had a great time, and we were thrilled when the movie opened and was such a big hit. Awesome. That's that's a really cool story there. Um, yeah, we have, Sarah, you know, do you have any more questions right a, now? As a production executive, by the time the movie opened, uh, both with the studio's, you know, blessing and with our producer's blessing with Verna Hare and Susan Ruskin, they, you know, they, that's when they offered me the associate producer's credit, I think as a bit of a reward for you know, all the work that I had put in as a production executive. And that was great because that was my first real official kind of producing credit. Uh, and I still take a great deal of pride in that film. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Sarah, do you have any other questions for, um, for him right now? Um, you know, because, um, you know, Race Switch Mountain and also She's a Man, they blew up, you know, they went, you know, <clears throat> viral. So did you ever expect it to get that big? And when it happened and, you know, they were everywhere all over the world, like, what did you, I mean, did you, like, was it like, were you in over your head? Like, were you happy? Were you, like, you, you couldn't believe it? Like, how did you feel when, uh, you know? That's very sweet. You know, I think that you, look, you always want all your projects to uh, not only be seen everywhere, but you want them to be liked. I think She's the Man, you know, definitely to this day is one of those projects that wherever I go or whenever I'm being interviewed, a lot of people, you know, bring it up. I'm getting ready to go speak at Stanford next week. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, we've already been getting a lot of interest from a lot of students specifically also about She's the Man. I think it came out, you know, initially I think maybe it was aimed at sort of the teen girl crowd, but but definitely found a guy crowd. And when you think of the cast with not only Amanda Bynes, but, you know, one of the early films for Channing Tatum and Robert Hoffman and Alex Breckenridge and uh, Amanda Crew just did the Zac Efron movie and Jessica Lucas. I mean, we really... Uh, along with Vinnie, you know, the amazing Vinnie Jones and David Cross, we, we, we ended up just with a really wonderful, uh, just a really, really wonderful kind of cast and a great uh, script. Um, uh, Kiwi Smith and uh, Karen Lutz. I'm currently working with Kiwi on a, on a on a Ferris movie right now at Universal called TMI, and so that relationship continues. And so with, with She's the Man, you know, and, and again, you hear it with Race to Witch Mountain, our little Honest Fear Rob just 
did Soul Surfer, which is out playing now, which is a, a really great story, and 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 she's really remarkable in it. And certainly with Dwayne opening so big in Fast Five uh, this weekend. I mean, I think that anytime your movies continue to grow and have a life, you know, somebody had called not too long ago and said that. They think since Race to Witch Mountain came out, it's been consistently, you know, on some point it plays on cable sort of every night on some station. Uh, and, you know, people are always coming up and asking this question. So, of course, you know, you make movies hoping to entertain. You want people to see it. Uh, it's always great when someone sees it and, you know, and you're not even thinking about it, and then they bring it up in a conversation. That always makes me feel great. <laughs> well, um, your movies are great, so... Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, now, yeah, well, uh, now let's, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, like, the game plan, which, sure. um, you know, uh, was your first time working with The Rock, I believe. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how was he to work with? Like, I mean, was he pretty, you know, like, uh, of course you've worked with a ton of different people, so you've had some experience, you know, before, but was he just, you know, because it was a Disney movie and everything, or so. He so. was horrible. I had to headbutt him all the time. I would constantly, oh, you geez. know, thankfully I had my wrestling belt. I would throw him down. Uh, <laughs> he just is celebrating a birthday, so uh, uh, if he's listening, we're wishing him a big happy birthday. Um, uh, you know, we'll for me, with, uh, with, with Dwayne was a pretty... You know, instant connection. Uh, yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Texas, and I think in two seconds, uh, the night I met him, and I was still an editorial on She's the Man, so She's the Man had not come out yet. And I drove over, and I'd read the script for the game plan, and really liked it, and I drove across town, have a, a, a meet, you know, like a drinks meeting with Dwayne. And um, as soon as I got there, the first question he asked was if I was an Elvis Presley fan. The very first thing out of his mouth, and uh, and thankfully, you know, I actually was an Elvis Presley fan, and he started questioning me, kind of quizzing me, like wanting to see if I was BSing him or not. And the more I knew about Elvis, the more he started smiling. Turns out he's a huge Elvis Presley fan, and obviously we took a lot of that and put that in game plan. A lot of the the character uh, Joe Kingman, the King, was sort of you know certainly inspired by a lot of Elvis. We have a lot of Elvis music, and uh, we have a lot of Elvis uh, costumes and props that are throughout the movie. Um, and that's kind of, we bonded right away. And so to be able to go from game plan, and then we went straight into Race to Witch Mountain, and he did a cameo for me and you again, uh, we kind of did three kind of movies back to back. And, you know, we're looking, you know, to find our next project to do together. It's a great it's a great, fun relationship, but he's also, you know, a lot of people, it's easy to look at him as just, you know, this big, you know, guy who just, you know, kicks ass and he and takes no prisoners. But if you look at his performances and you look at something like in the game plan, you know, you really see this tender side and you certainly see the comedic side. And he, you know, this is a guy who's got a lot of range as an actor, and I think that, you know, it's just the beginning really for him of all the different things that uh, that he'll bring to the screen. Yeah. Um, now you've done like a lot of comedy and a lot mm -hmm. of family stuff or whatever oriented. But have you ever thought about taking The Rock and making an action movie? You know what? Yeah. I mean, I think with Race to Witch Mountain, we certainly were, 
you know, while it was definitely a Disney family movie, I think we were certainly pushing a lot more of the action side of them. But, yeah, to find a straight-out action movie with Dwayne would be a lot of fun. I think, like anything, you're always developing. You know, you tend to get, like in Hollywood, you know, whatever your last movie is is what you tend to get a lot of scripts for. So, you know, after, uh, oddly enough, before She's the Man, I had done uh, this uh, movie for Showtime that won an Emmy, and, premiered at Sundance and one uh, over at the DeVille Film Festival, Reefer Madness, which was a musical based on my stage uh, uh, my stage musical. And so right after Reefer Madness, after Sundance, I think I got offered just tons of indie sort of drug-related cult films. And then when I did She's the Man right after that, I wasn't getting any of the drug films anymore. I was being offered every teen girl comedy. And then after, you know, Game Plan, I was being offered every sort of father-daughter comedy or football comedy. Like, it just tends to be the nature of the town. So I like to mix it up wherever I can. Uh, and so certainly looking to find, you know, an action movie or hardcore action movie with Dwayne would, you know, would be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, Sarah, do you have any more questions? <clears throat> yeah. Um, if you could pick one, like, your biggest accomplishment. I mean, you've had so many accomplishments. Um but if you could, like, just tell me one that you are, like, is, like, your main thing. Like, what is your main accomplishment, like, to this day? My main accomplishment is I have a remarkable 14-year-old son who uh, uh, makes me smile every day. And he's, uh, I think what he knows about the film industry uh, is about double everything I know. Uh, and so I think that's, you know, look, you work very hard in what you in what you do. And, uh, you know, something like that when you uh, you bring life into the world and you, you know, you see your son grow, that, that's certainly an accomplishment that uh, that you can take a great deal of pride in. Definitely. Uh, well, definitely. And, and what's his name? Austin. Well, tell Austin I said hi. I will happily tell Austin you said hi. <laughs> Well, uh, to kind of segue into that kind of thing, um, how do you balance uh, having a family and, and doing this, or is, is that really hard for you sometimes to to balance the family life and the career life? Yeah, sure, because you know we're in an industry where um, you know we're we're just in an industry where we're working twenty four seven, and you when you start filming, if you're doing a night shoot, you know, you're coming to bed at 10 o'clock in the morning and waking back up at three in the afternoon to start doing it. So there's no, you know, we're certainly not a nine to five industry. And I think that you're always trying to figure out how to keep everything balanced. And, you know, it helps that people in your life, um, uh, have an understanding of that. Um, and for many of them, you know, they're involved in the entertainment industry themselves. I think that all goes a long way to sort of make it all doable and possible. That's uh, that's really good outlook on it. Um, now, also, I want to get back because you did mention Reefer Madness and mm-hmm. um, how you know how was it to like make a musical out of like something like uh, like the hippie scene or you know everything like that. It was a blast. You know, we started uh, Kevin Murphy, who is the creator of Hellcats, uh, um, a show that I've uh, been lucky enough to direct before. Um, Kevin and his uh, partner, Dan Studney, had written this as a stage musical based on the 1936 propaganda film. And 
uh, you know, I was honored and had a chance to direct the production, the original production in Los Angeles. And then we moved the show to New York, and unfortunately, uh, you know, we were during we were opening a couple of days after 9/11 happened in New York, so we were along with the rest of the world, sort of uh, overwhelmed by the by what was really happening in the world. So the show, you know, wasn't going to last very long there. And then when Showtime gave us an opportunity to direct the film version of it. You know, it was probably a project that I had spent, you know, a decade of my life in some way, shape, or form working on. Uh, and uh, it uh, it's always, you know, it was a lot of fun. And the cast, you know, some of the people like Christian Campbell, um, Christian had originated the original role. Uh, Nev Campbell's brother had originated the original role and did it in all of the productions. Kristen Bell joined us when she was a student at NYU. She joined us in the New York production and then continued on to the film version. Um, Bob Doherty and John Kassir got to do the, um, you know, done all the stage versions. And then by the time we got to the feature version and we could add people like uh, Christine Lakin and um, Anna Gasteyer and Nev Campbell got to join us and Stephen Weber um, and Alan Cumming. It was just really fun to be able to see a production like that continue to grow. Um, and by the time we started winning so many awards and got recognized, uh, it's a pretty amazing feeling. We were actually, um, uh, Christine Lakin and I were actually in France for the DeVille Film Festival. The night that we were winning that was the same night Kevin and Dan were on stage getting the Emmy Award. And so we, we kind of were both up for these two competitions, and we split the world in half and kind of wished each other luck and said, okay, I'll, we'll go to France and do DeVille. You guys do the Emmys. And I don't think either of us really thought we're going to win at both awards. And you know, from across the world, we're kind of screaming into the phone, we won, we won, and then we're hearing, no, no, we won an Emmy, we won an Emmy. So that was a pretty remarkable, I have to say, when I think back to, like, amazing events, that was definitely one of them. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. And, and you mentioned Christine, who's been in, I guess, like, all your movies pretty much since uh-huh. uh, Who's Your Daddy, right? Um, yeah. You know, I've been a fan of her since I watched her on Step by Step. So She was really Al great Lambert. to see. Yeah, Al Lambert, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that she was she was about a little older than me, so she was about like my age or range or whatever, so she right. was the person I could connect with the most yeah. on the show. And um so it was you know, that show to me was like a childhood memory, you know, so it's really sure. great to see her in a lot of your films and, and everything like that. And I wish her you, the best. You know, Christine uh, is um we just got done shooting her web series. Uh, which is oh, a, wow. which is going to come out uh, soon called Love and Lakin, and she's really, really, you know, hysterically funny in it. And and you again, we had a little step by step fun because at the end, if you Christine's, you know, in the movie, and and uh, Patrick Duffy, we put him in the movie, and at the very end in the movie. <laughs> Uh, in the dancing, you see Patrick Duffy with Christine Lakin and Stacey Keenan, also from Step by Step. You'll see the three of them dancing in the credits together. And uh, it was one of those great moments that just made me smile. And I thought, for everybody who loves Step by Step, this is a great moment that, they, uh, that they'll enjoy. Now, had, had you watched that show before, like, originally casting her in Who's Your Daddy? Yeah, you know or? I had seen it in bits and pieces, but the first time, actually, I met Christine, she came and auditioned for me for a, for a musical called The Gift, and um, and that was my first time to actually, you know, uh, to, to be able to work with her through an audition, and I didn't end up casting her 
we cast Alicia Witt in the role, and then I remembered Christine's performance, though. I remember her audition being great, and when we were casting Who's Your Daddy, um, I remember we talked to the casting directors about bringing Christine in, and we had a very specific take that I wanted in Who's Your Daddy, a really specific staccato kind of Catherine Hepburn banter, and we had a ton of really wonderful actresses that, that were reading for the role, and a lot of them that um, that we were considering. And then Christine came in and in one audition sort of nailed it, and all the producers, everybody looked at each other, and we were like, that, that's the girl. So she has been a good luck charm and has been pretty much in just about, you know, almost everything of mine. Very, very cool. Um now we've got about five minutes left of the show. Is there anything like you, you plugged Hellcats, you plugged um uh a lot of your uh, newer stuff, but is there anything that you want to mention that you're doing or that you know you want well, people really, to check so, out? You know, we're developing we have this project over at Fox with Billy Crystal, um, that we're really excited about called Us and Them. That's uh, a big family comedy and again at Universal, uh the Ferris movie is called T M I and that one we're we're just really, it's just a funny, kind of R-rated romantic comedy and uh, something that that very, very excited about. Um, and we're doing Heather's, uh, the movie, we're doing it as a musical. Um, oh, wow. uh, Larry O'Keefe, who got the Tony nomination for Legally Blonde, partnered up with uh, with Kevin Murphy again, our Reefer Madness uh, and Hellcats creator. And uh, we've, you know, just started working on that, but equally excited about that. So, uh, and Utopia, which was a show that I directed that uh, um, that had a was a sizable hit in Los Angeles and in New York. We are starting on July six. We are getting ready to start filming the feature version of that. Brian Fogel, Sam uh, Wolfson, who uh, wrote it and uh, starred in it. Brian is also going to make his directorial debut, and I'm going to produce it. And uh, we're in the middle of casting and crewing up and location scouting and super excited, again, to see a project that started on stage that we're able to turn into a uh, a film. Very cool. Um, Sierra, do you have any last questions? Or <clears throat> No, I just want to wish you all the best of luck. And um, I love all your work, and I'll continue watching you and um, – yeah, we're Facebook friends, so, you know, keep me in a loop. <laughs> thank you, so. you know what, and thank you for being my Facebook friend. I appreciate <laughs> that uh, that you Facebook me, and now you'll be able to keep up with me, and I can keep up with you. Now, do you, well, um, do you encourage fans to do so as well? Or? Yeah, you know, I love, uh, to be honest, you know, anytime I can connect with, with, uh, with my audience, it really makes me happy. I think, again, coming out of directing theater, you're so used to, you put it up on stage, the audience is right there, they applaud if they love something, they laugh, they, you know, it's that instant response. And a lot of times when we do a feature or television, you know, the time period that it takes to make a movie and by the time you market it and come out, you're, you, sometimes you're disconnected from the audience, and so I love, you know, I love to hear from people. And Facebook, you know, I think as a social network device, Facebook and Twitter have really enabled people to sort of stay in touch. And uh, I love when people put posts up, and uh, it always puts a smile on my face, unless they put a hideous post up, and then I have to remove it immediately. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get some of that. 
Occasionally, uh, you, you always get a lot of friends. In the so. world of, uh, you know, uh, for every social network positive, uh, there's also the negative. Of course, it gives, you know, a lot of people an opportunity to post their feelings, and everybody has a right to say what they want. I don't necessarily have to agree with it or read it, uh, but I uh, but I respect everyone's right to say what they want. All right, well, thank you so much, um, Andy, and um, I wish you the best of luck as well. And um, I both. can't I wait really to see you and everything you're doing. On. Good luck with the show. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, have a, so have nice. a good night. Yeah. So Bye-bye. nice talking to you. Nice good talking night. to you, too. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey, bye. All right. Hey, Sarah. Yeah. All right. You're still on. Okay. Well, uh, what did you think of the show? It was good. He's a good guy. All right. Well, next week we've got uh, Tim Sullivan on the show um, from yeah, 2001 one of my Maniac. Best friends. Yep. So we're going to have him on the show. It's starting. Uh, it's going to be um, this Monday coming up. And then after that, we're going to have hiatus because uh, Sierra and I are both going to be at um, uh, in uh, here. I will actually be, be with you. I will be with you that following Monday. Yes, and and unfortunately, we won't be doing a radio show together because. I don't know. That's going to be weird. Uh, So anyway, um, we want to once again thank Andy for coming on, and we look forward to having an interview with Tim Sullivan. Uh, uh, same time, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, next, check in with us. Next Monday. Next Monday. Oh, at Monday, yes, Monday. Yeah. So Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, check in. Um, just check out the Independent Quarter. You can also check us out on iTunes. Um, if you just click in the uh, search, uh, the Independent Corner, you can listen to every, I believe, every single one uh, that they put up from my first test show to now. So um, check those out. And um, thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And um hope you guys enjoy um, next week's. Thank you. Hi, guys. Bye. Bye.